0: Computer. Oh no! Oh no! No, um, I can't. Get I can't. Get That's good. <laughs> All right, cool, yo. We are live on the Beat People podcast, episode thirty-five, and uh, uh, Ken Flux will be back shortly. He was on, then he dropped off, but you know, luckily, when I record the audio, I record starting at like ten thirty, mm-hmm. so we'll hear his craziness when we get when we get this uploaded on the podcast audio piece. But we got a special guest today. Um, my man Simon from Electron is here. Hello. You hey Corey. Good nice to meet, to meet you, you again. Yeah, no doubt. Nice to have you on the show, man.
1: Yeah, very nice to be here.
0: No doubt. So we'll just go around and uh let's uh introduce uh my man D still. This is like a welcome back for D still yeah. because he's been AWOL. He's a professional traveling musician, so sometimes he gets ghosts on us, but uh Yeah. Uh, It's not we we know it's all love though because we still get them in Marco Polo every
2: day. Oh, yeah, of course Of course, I got to stay connected So I'm D steel and uh, you can know me from uh, MSX audio sound design or racks for live uh, Which is a specific uh, Ableton brand and just you know that we've been building for the past couple of months and uh, yeah if you want to find if you need inspiration you need to find sounds or max uh, devices or Racks, just to get started real quick, hit us up at Racks for Live.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So, um, yeah, and me, myself, I am Corey, B Boy Tech, <laughs> Boy Tech Report and <laughs> at beatpeople.com. We don't beat people, we are beat people. So, um, yo, I, I want to go back into the conversation that we were kind of having before we got started because I told Simon that D still is a recent, um, uh, Electron convert <clears throat> and uh you know he's what do you got over there, D still?
2: So right now, uh so this is right now because like as we've spoken before, there's going to be more additions to these.
0: <laughs> no um, doubt.
2: Um right now I have the Digitac and I have the analog rhythm MK2.
0: Okay. okay.
2: So I'm super happy. I have no complaints.
0: So what made you choose those couple pieces though?
2: Well, because, you know, I'm a I'm a sound designer, you know, I, we work on samples and make samples. Mm-hmm. To me, when I saw the rhythm and the drum synthesis in it, I was like, whoa, this is good. And it sounds amazing. Like the sound quality
3: mm-hmm,
2: is mm-hmm. amazing, very warm, or it can be very cold if you want it to be. Um, and the fact that you can mix it with samples seemed like the perfect drum machine group.
0: yeah you know what um i'm gonna speak on that rhythm mk2 because i got the rhythm mk1 or the just the analog rhythm but i remember when i first got it it was my first electron piece and i was kind of like uh overwhelmed because i'm an mpc guy <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. and it took me a while to really jump in and get used to it and then it was at one point and i bought it from sweetwater right so it was at one point i was like you know what this ain't working out I'm sending it back. And I hit my Mm -hmm. rep up and he's like, yeah, but it's been 60 days, not 30. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I was like, you know what? I haven't really given it a chance. And plus, I I may as well try to give it a real chance. Mm -hmm. Good. Before long. Yeah. Before long. It was like my favorite piece, straight up my favorite piece. I did not (laughs) dig the the tiny buttons, but really, I mean, it was really about the sound for me. It was my favorite piece. I designed uh, a lot of drum packs. One of the drum packs that's on uh, beatpeople.com and one of the drum packs that, like how I kind of jumped into the sound design game is analog boom bap. And the analog rhythm was a big part of analog boom bap. Because what I was able to do is, like you said, take the, the analog drums, Design those how you want and then be able to layer sample sounds over them or, you know, uh, live drums or whatever it is and kind of make this blend and then even, you know, crush it even further from there. So that was yeah. one of my favorite joints. So that's why I was excited to get the MK2 and to showcase that you could do boom, bat. Like these are instruments. You can do any kind of music on these joints. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, for, for some people, they, they, you need like that sort of. There's the the learning curve can be quite steep, mm-hmm. so like uh, I mean, it's it's a very different paradigm of like interface and.
2: and I, actually I actually disagree. I actually disagree. Yeah. I disagree that the learning curve. I said was, some for some people is like people, yeah it's like yeah, a it's very, yeah
1: it's like very divisive I find.
2: Well, some. it's fu- it's funny because that's what I thought before buying any Electron gear. I thought, man, this is intimidating. I remember talking to the guys in Marco Polo, like, hey guys, okay, is this electron stuff for real? For real? Like, is it is it like is it like really like dope equipment? And they're just like, yep, yeah, it is, but the workflow is something that some people um can't get down with. And as soon as I got it, I feel like I understood it. Yeah, boom. Right away, just because first of all, I was blown away at the parameter locks. Yeah. Ah, that was to me, I was like, wow,
0: that's a huge thing. That was a huge thing for me, too, uh, because firstly, coming from an MPC background, and I'll tell you, like I was on MPCs before there was a machine um, and I remember seeing uh, Electron's uh, what is it, the SID station, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I was always an MPC guy. And so the idea uh, later on when I actually got Electron gear, the idea of of locks and that kind of stuff. Was a foreign idea to me, but like it was just totally like, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Until, yeah. I got, until I learned it and got used to it, I'm like, oh, like yeah. <laughs> <it was monoclonal. laughs> when I got it, I got it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I,
2: for, I forgot one device that I need to get that I don't have the machine drum. Oh,
1: no. yeah. Yeah, no, it's special.
2: I need that in my
0: life. Yeah, it's uh it's That's very one in the corner. Is, is, it's still is, no. <laughs> I was actually looking at uh, <laughs> it's, it's
3: Funny.
1: Um so so we just did super booth mm-hmm. um and um um I I'll go I'll, I'll go directly for the plug. <laughs> mm-hmm, no doubt. <laughs> we did these, uh, anniversary t-shirts.
0: Oh, um, so nice.
1: this really sweet uh machine room. Nice, I was nice. Just, that is actually cool. real fresh. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool, but uh, maybe maybe you can buy it in the future.
0: <laughs> yeah, you but yeah, the, 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 that
1: the, machine mad, <laughs> the machine drum. is very special. I think still to to this day, it's like there's really nothing that that does that thing in in hardware almost not even in software. It's weird, you know, it's... Uh,
2: yeah, I haven't found software that... Well, there's some things that come kind of close, yeah. but like I was thinking about Tremor from F Expansion. That's one of the ones that I thought about. Yeah, yeah, um, but that just kind of
1: does... Yeah, you, if you mix and match, you can kind of get mm-hmm. the same stuff, but it's mm-hmm. like, crazy. But it was, it was it was eight guys doing like, they're each, each of the different like, Synthesis methods in it. It was like they were doing their own like little uh, Version of it. So it's like wow a huge amount of work gone into it.
0: So uh, that's yeah, I need one Well, you know what I got lucky because um, When you all announced that they were gonna be uh, uh, taken off the market or that you're gonna stop uh, manufacturing them then I, I realized I was like, I've been wanting one of those for years. And okay, then I'm going to need to get one. Then I happened to stumble upon a guy that was selling his for $400. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> and I did not really have a spare $400, but I made it work. <laughs> right. I <get> and, <laughs> yeah, and when I got it, there's one knob that's a little loose, but I'm like, uh, that's no problem. It's done yeah. me well.
2: Yeah, I, I want one. I, I need to find somebody that's selling it for three hundred dollars. So,
0: <laughs> so, <Yeah>. so. <laughs> so sure. all right. So, hello, is Ken you there? The Ken jump on Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah, I can hear you. All so, right. you my
4: video or no? No, I can't. Nah,
0: no video. It's just your logo. Lots so, of green.
4: Me, Log- me down again.
0: Yeah, you're kind of low. You, I can be able No, I can
4: push away. that up. Give me a sec. Okay. Sorry um, coming all late and wrong, but when toddlers have to go to sleep, toddlers have to go to sleep. That's, That's right. Brilliant.
0: When you're running a daddy daycare in the Synthporium.
4: Man, tell me. Uh, well, I,
2: my, y'all going to see my dog just walk in and just look at me like, hey, you going to take me out? <laughs> hey, how do I sound now? Is
4: that a little bit better or still? Yeah, yeah. That's way a better. Time. Yep. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what's up with the. Uh...
0: You'll get it together. So people, people of so. the people podcast, we, we now have Ken Flux Pierce on and uh, Simon, this is Ken. I think you met him. So uh, welcome to the show, Ken
4: uh hey yeah thanks for having me I'll, I'll fix my video as the show goes so in, in the meantime you can enjoy the pretty green um <laughs> pretty green. better than your pretty face <laughs> yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah the only uh the only electron devices that i owned was uh the rhythm and i i've used the sid station a good bit but um the rhythm was really what i had and the only reason i got rid of it was because I just was working on other projects at the time, and I couldn't justify it for that moment. Sure. Um, I had other stuff that I was working with, but I actually... So I had that and the Tempest at the same time. Oh. And I prefer the, the UI for what I was doing at that particular time on the Tempest, but just about everything else, I preferred the Rhythm. <laughs> so it, it was it was kind of weird because I was like, well... I'm gonna sell the rhythm, but it wasn't. It wasn't f- because of the sequencer. It wasn't because of the sound. I actually like the kicks on the rhythm more. Um, they, like it, it was easier to get a full-bodied, thick kick drum out of the rhythm than it is the Tempest, in my opinion. You mm-hmm. can do some wonderful things on the Tempest, um, but the synthesis engines for kicks in the rhythm just—they just. Um, they just have a fuller sound, like the filter mm-hmm. and everything about it just sounded well, more full-bodied to me.
1: Hmm. Well, I think I think the Tempest, I, I haven't actually used the Tempest myself, um, but I think it's got more of a like synth uh, architecture, more like yeah, a so, typical... Yeah,
4: it's six voices of um, complex, fairly complex synth, because mm-hmm. it's two digital oscillators and two analog oscillators, and mm-hmm. the digital oscillators are really... More or less sample playback, um, yeah. and they so they have they have certain waveforms in there that of course loop, and you can turn them into more traditional sounding oscillators. Um, yeah. But the but it's all it's it's Curtis based, you know Curtis chip, simple, yeah. like the yeah. old DSI stuff. It's, it's it is. the DSI sound, you could say. Yeah, yeah. And, and to yeah. me that filter is not one of my favorite filters. So and, no. and that's a personal that preference. I personally. Yeah, I, I just I myself just find that the, the those DSI Curtis filters are fairly mundane to me, and they just don't have a ton of body to them, which is cool. In like a, you know, if you're doing something like a uh, like a Prophet Eight or something where you're doing pad sounds, you don't necessarily want it so huge that it's taking over a track. But in a yeah. kick drum, or you know, when you're using it to like self-oscillate the filter and and pulse it and and get kick drums out of it, that sort of thing, you want certain characters that. The Tempest can get, but it struggles with. And the worst part about that is they put this analog distortion circuit on there, and as soon as you turn that on, all the low end just drops out. (laughs) It's just like... it Ouch. completely ruins any bottom end that you have no. in that thing so so then you know, why is it a drum why is it
2: in the drum machine and that's
4: that's where well, you know to, to their credit it sounds awesome when you want to get that kind of um i don't want to use it going to the for that flavor, but right. like that kind of <laughs> trashy like ripped up drum sound like you can certainly get that like if you want to get like those kind of dirty nine inch nails ish mm-hmm. um, yeah. kind of you know ripped up drums you can certainly do that with with that distortion Um, but you can do both of the rhythm
3: Yeah, to me the rhythm
4: like between the two the rhythm was more like a music producer's piece and i was using the tempest more for sound design and sculpting from scratch and Mm -hmm. i didn't want to have the it's more of a mental thing but i didn't want to have the limitation of already having an engine set up for kicks or already having an engine set up for snares i wanted to do it from scratch every time, which, you know, yeah, you're some from
3: scratch, people, dude,
4: for some people, that's not a selling point. That's what they don't want. Yeah, you know, the, well, I valid, think, I think it's different is, use cases.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is sort of boils down to being a drum synth and being a synth. Uh, a drum synth has the, the predefined parameters, parameter space, uh, routings. And making a drum sound is a very different thing from like having an open architecture synth. And I think making a really solid drum sound is quite difficult and takes quite some time to get, like, really that correct kick you want. Or, and you need a uh, couple of different, um, quite vast parameters to make really good uh, different drum sounds. So, like, I guess that's one reason why the rhythm maybe has a fatter kick or, you know, uh, stuff like that. I mean, the, the oscillators for the kick drums are based on the syncussion. Mm-hmm uh secussion synth that sort of basis of like having the pair of VCOs that interact in different ways. Mm-hmm. And then you have a bunch of software envelopes that are um tinkered with in specific ways. So it's it's really a modular synth in in the in the gears of it. And then they are routed digitally. So like um yeah but that also I mean so so like you get the solid kicks you or solid drums, whatever. Um, but you lose sort of the versatility of, of a more, uh, open architecture synth. So, so, I mean, it's,
4: but the it's, amount of uh, engines so <laughs> that are provided in the rhythm really kind of do like, like I said, it was more a mental thing than it, than a reality thing. Sure, sure, The fact of the matter is, is that with the rhythm, you have so many different engines, you can make all the same type of sounds you can really kind of, or at least, um, in the territories that you would want to be, you know, you yeah. can make plenty of stuff that you would think of. It's just the... The method to getting there is slightly different on hmm. rhythm as opposed to tempest. Two different workflows, both are yeah. equally valid. you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, here, I what's them, the, uh, what's yeah.
3: cool?
2: What's cool is that I don't know when this is going to happen, but I know y'all have that update with the dual VCO coming yeah.
0: out. Oh, um, yo, so, I'm, I'm waiting for, like so, with bated breath. Yeah,
2: yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm here like I'm here like come on bring
1: that <laughs> yeah yeah I mean. Oh, it's such a good it's such a good machine. Uh, because what it does is it, it just takes those two that I mentioned are the Syncussion VCOs and they just push them out like raw and uh just like more like a straight up synth voice. Mm-hmm. Um but you can do like drums or whatever with it too. It's mm-hmm. it's just like the raw output. So like it's just this nice sculpting tool and layering it with a sample is really fat, but know. Yeah it's we had to push it a bit because of like the overbridge delays um yeah. the thing is like the the mark 1 os it's mm-hmm. uh, uh we broke compatibility with it with the vco update so if we release that now we will break the compatibility of, of overbridge all over for everyone and mm-hmm. we just can't really and then we couldn't release it for the mark 2 and uh, it's just you know it's yeah, an yeah. unfortunate story but It's a really cool machine and it's gonna come sometime. (laughs) Yeah, I've been doing a lot of stuff with it um, a while back. Um, It's really cool.
0: Um, Well, you know, the thing that that I know I I hear a lot of people out there talking about, well, there'll be a lot of posts where they'll say, yo, when's that, you know, the dual VCO synth coming for this joint or when's Overbridge coming for this joint? The one thing I can say is, I. I, even if i'm anxious as a consumer i don't mind it taking the time that it takes to yeah, get right. it right you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like yeah, that sure. that's i respect that where there's some other companies out there that'll just throw it out there and you know look to save the day when the update comes <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean and i'd yeah. rather have it right the first yeah. time
1: yeah i mean uh, in its current state it's it's just not possible to release it. Uh, it would just be no one would be happy, <laughs> you know. Uh, we would just have like endless support uh, inquiries that we couldn't do anything with, you know. And uh, our consumers would be just like, our users would be just like,
3: the fuck. <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just it's, it's just it's
1: just not, you know. But but yeah, I I mean I understand why people are upset. It's it's been a year since the Jitpack was released. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty long overdue at this point. point. Um, but you know, at the same time, I'm like, I'm I'm just focused on you know, um, on on the road ahead, so mm-hmm. to speak. Like, I just know we have to get this done, and I know we will get it done. And uh, you know, it's just a matter of focusing on on the task and right. just making sure that uh, you know we're we're doing the right thing at the right time
4: so i think i'm still um really interested in the fact that the the rhythm mk2 now has like proper sampling inputs on it and that was like again it's one of those things where it's like it's like a mental thing where i didn't really enjoy the way i was importing samples on the the rhythm. oh no that import. was not mm-hmm. the fun aspect of that and <laughs> <laughs> no matter, the where, where i couldn't import them at all but it was it was this little <laughs> itch in the back of my brain where i was like yeah. oh i really just want to make this easier to do sure. and then mm-hmm. i saw the mk2 and now like my heart's kind of a flutter like i really want to get <laughs> one of those again because mm-hmm. i told myself when i got rid of the rhythm i was like man I'm going to have one of these again when I'm ready to use it. Like, it's not like one of those pieces where you sell it and you're like, you know what? I'm never going to get that again. That one. I was like, I'm positive. I'm going to buy one of these again. So then when I saw the MK two come out, I was like, Oh man, just dirty. I mean,
1: <laughs> hey, hey, I, I've had a writ, written and sold it. <laughs> there you <What>? go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> uh, yeah, I
2: actually, yeah,
1: but uh,
2: because... I'm not <laughs> selling mine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you got <laughs> the 2 <MK2 laughs> as
0: well. No, no, like
2: no but, uh, but uh,
1: yeah, I, I was just... But I, I I couldn't really afford to keep it, and mm-hmm. I wasn't doing enough stuff like But then I got it again. Um, and started using it more as like a sort of analog groove box. No, but yeah, yeah, like just that. And, and and I've been like every live show I played for like two years was just just the rhythm. Really, was just that.
2: Um, oh, that's great.
1: And uh, for like you know the sort of. Angry techno, you would expect. <laughs>
2: it's enough with just the rhythm. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna make angry techno with yeah. my. I
0: mean, that's exciting. That's exciting, you know.
2: It, it yeah, needs to be a skin. Fine.
0: It needs to be a skin for the rhythm some, that says angry techno. Old, <laughs> yeah, the old battle axe with the stickers and everything. Right. Hey, oh, Did you see that he had
4: the deck saver?
0: Yeah, yeah
2: I saw that. <laughs>
0: so hey. so hold on in the deck saver let's get to the deck saver situation
4: <laughs> so um why are they so expensive <laughs> the <deck saber. laughs> we were just having this conversation the other day so yeah, I
2: yeah, to man, I'm like, I, I, I I yeah, mean, what, like, what are they like
1: 50 usd or something
2: yeah nah, but like, they,
0: 80 right
2: oh, so, uh, no, so on, on the <laughs> on the electron website they're 50. oh huh?
0: okay well, yeah. that's that's the electron one. It's not a yeah, deck saver, right? That's, yeah, that's uh,
2: the electron.
1: One. Oh, yeah, I think I think I think it's Deck Saver who makes them, actually. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but cool. Deck Saver
2: charges like eighty bucks for all of their for a yeah. lot of their. Look, for eighty dollars, I need to be able to take a shotgun and shoot the piece <laughs> of <here>. gear.
0: <laughs> and it still <laughs> be yeah. survived. Sure. Uh, that I was a hell of a visual that. you just created. For me. <laughs> <laughs> it,
3: well,
1: I mean, it could happen.
0: Yeah, it could happen.
3: <laughs>
1: Did you hey, see this
0: guy?
1: Yeah, this guy was traveling uh, like as a reporter, and I think uh Oh, uh, Saudi Arabia, and uh, they they had to check his computers for explosives. So they took took an AK and just shot it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So maybe wow. you know, maybe it's not such a bad idea, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bulletproof deck savers.
1: Yeah, level. I, I really don't know about the pricing. That's not my uh, no,
2: area. No, but, no. Uh, we, like, we were we were just talking in private about it, like man. Because the thing for me is that because I travel, I have to have like a cover or a deck saver for every piece of gear that I have sure. like, that goes in the bag or something. Because yeah. I I know I know this is just me. If my tax screen gets scratched. It's gonna annoy me every time I look at it.
3: Sure. Mm-hmm.
2: It's gonna annoy me if it happens on a rhythm. It's gonna annoy me every time I look at it. So I'm just like, man, I gotta get deck savers. But then I'm paying like the price of a dig attack for all the deck savers that I need for all my <laughs> for all the stuff in my uh in my in my studio. So yeah. Yeah, we need to we need to I think I might just go over that soft cover real quick for now. Just wrap in towels
0: forever, yeah. Wrapping towels. <laughs> so, yo, let, let's uh, I want to jump over to um, um, the digitone.
2: Oh, yeah, right.
0: Yeah. So, when I went to nam <laughs> honestly. I hate surprises and I love surprises all the same. Depends on like if you're planning a party for me and you tell me we're gonna go do XYZ there's gonna be all this fun and I'm all into what we're gonna go do. And then you take me back to my house for a surprise party, I'm pissed, I'm I don't like that. It literally happened to me at my 18th birthday. I hate it. That's oh. what makes me not like surprises. Like cause I'm like, but what about all the fun shit we said we were gonna do? <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? But the surprises that I love are ones like what happened with the Digitome. Like there was, it's gonna be something. There's gonna be something. It's gonna be something. And yeah. uh, Daniel, uh, is it Troub? Yeah, Daniel. Yeah. yeah. So I talked to him, and he was Man. like, he was like, "Yo, keep your eyes open. It's gonna be something." But he can't say nothing. And I'm like, I can't say nothing because you didn't tell me nothing. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but then we get to Bam, so <laughs> and Digitome. and kind of, kind of mind blown a little bit to that someone would make a modern day FM synth. Um mm. so I thought that was dope. And so yeah. let's talk about how that kind of came to be with the Yeah I don't the, think
3: I
1: don't think anyone expected it really. So yeah. it was fun. It was fun to be able to do that sort of reveal, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. That was um, it was dope. Yeah. Yeah, well I mean the story behind it is pretty simple. It's just like um the Digitect of course was a huge success. Um and we really love the format of it, just mm-hmm. the smaller footprint and sort of the more focused interface, and you know, with the icons and everything. Um, and Yoon, uh, who is uh, the lead of our applied design department, which I work in, so he's my boss. Mm-hmm. He does like sort of the outline of the products. Um, he drew up this idea of, of a synth version of it. Um so that was just that's sort of where we began, just like, oh we'll make a digital synth uh to to the digitact, um and then um we had some meetings around like uh what can kind of, what what did should do and then I was kind of pulled into the project and uh, I'm just a huge fm fan and yeah. uh, kinda just propagated um the notion of just making like... Let's make a dedicated FM synth. It just felt like something that would be right for this uh, this time, and uh, something that um, hasn't really been done to this extent. Um, there's the DX two hundred, which is similar, but um, it's also like much more old school in um, parameterization of stuff. So, so what's that, what's
0: sort of, what's similar to the dx uh, 200 with the digitone
1: well it's that it's a groove box <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> that's, really, that's kind of weird <laughs> yeah, No, right, they, right. they did some they did some like macro mapping mapping mm-hmm. macro mappings as well um but it's it's uh, it's still like a dx7 in a in a in a box sort of okay. it's it's a bit it's a bit clunky i think um but it's it's cool but it's it's not. Not there in the sort of um, being this uh,
4: accessible uh, Google Books situation. Yeah. Design wise, was it, um, did you guys start with basically like the same CPU and, and and underbelly of the Digitac when you started designing it and said, okay, this is what power we have to work with, and then kind of worked within those limitations, or did you go from ground up specifically for? FM synthesis or what and then just kind of Yeah so user um, theme.
1: Yeah so we have this um cold fire processor that we've been using since analog 4 and then uh, back then it was used for like um it, it's a general purpose processor so it doesn't like do any specific it, it's not a DSP or anything either it's it's just a whatever whatever floats your boat kind of thing um and uh, for the Digitect we have one of them and an FPGA. Um, and uh, just to make, make it talk sort of. Um, and for this one, um, we, we uh, sort of just early on decided that we need uh, more processing power because the Digitect is sort of um, already uh, very uh, hitting the ceiling of what is possible for the DSP. Stuff. So for this one, making like, you know, something that has eight voices and oversampling and stuff like that, it would mean that something more beefy. So we had like a board designed with dual processors um, quite early on.
4: Uh, Yeah. And uh, yeah, see, I think I think a lot of the perception was probably, oh, hey, you know, it's just they had this platform and they're looking at different ways of using it. But it, it, it sounds like there was a lot more thought put into it than just that. I mean that's not
1: that's not false either um uh, I mean a lot of a lot of the code base comes from the digidect of course but uh you know it's not like you can reflash it with a D-Detect firmware yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or 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 vice versa yeah uh, that would and you know that would be super dumb <laughs> not not calling anyone out I'm not gonna mention <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh uh i really don't believe in that sort of design i mean the front panels are different that's like i think that's that's the first step <laughs> uh and uh, just the buttons are different and then uh you know uh even if they share the same like uh, the same uh components inside it's like so many hours has gone into like making it a different instrument that it's 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 pretty strange to see it as, as just a sort of a, a piggyback ride on on a previous product, but like the the interface parts, like the graphics and stuff, just the sort of the basis of the operating system was done. So so the development time was half as, as long, which is good. Um, yeah, that's good. I could focus, cool. focus on making really good effects and and cool stuff instead. Um, yeah.
2: No. What just
4: happened? You guys, you, you have some kind of um, interesting tricks on that thing, as far as what you can do with um, you know carriers versus modulators. Um, mm. Can you talk to us a little bit about about that design decision and how you guys came about going about that?
1: Sure. So um, uh, this, this like idea of the sort of um, uh, I don't know if it's like more. Yeah, simplified, I guess you could say FM engine is something I've been thinking about for a very long time. Um, and like uh, I think there's this sort of stigma around FM synthesizers that they need to do like every conceivable sound you could imagine <laughs> <laughs> for it to be legitimate, and that requires the sort of uh, modular nature of, example, a DX7 or an FS1R, and that sort of complexity, of course, makes uh, making sounds on it quite a uh, an uh, ordeal. Uh, which I mean, that's that's fun in itself, but you know, it's it's uh, uh, not ideal maybe for a lot of people. And sort of why FM is regarded as being difficult. Um, so, like, the first thing I sort of started thinking about was like, just what what. What can I remove what's like not necessary? and also in the sense of like uh, it's it's all designed like with sort of contemporary electronic music in mind, like mm-hmm. where we are today. like if you look at the dX seven, it's very much designed um, uh, how contemporary electronic music looked then yeah like the interest was sort of in how can i replicate a saxophone really well yeah, yeah, or you yeah. know, a really good slap bass um,
0: well that's the problem i have with a lot of the early digital sense because it wasn't it wasn't just about you know here's here's a new technology let's see what it can do and what it's what's special about it it was more about let's try this cheaper way or a new way of replicating all of the traditional instruments that we know of and i think now it's cool after you know 2010 and tw- you know something like that further in the future mm-hmm. and in present day it's more about yeah it's a digital synth, but yeah it's an analog synth, and it can mm-hmm. sound like an analog synth or it can mm-hmm. sound like a digital synth. it can sound like something from out of this world it doesn't have mm-hmm. to sound like anything traditional
1: Yeah, and also it can sound like electronic music because if you look at like the 80s and stuff, it was still like it was a very, very young genre or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, means of making music. And electronic music didn't really have a voice of its own. It was sort of looking, you know, where to go, and the technology was moving alongside that sort of. So there was this huge like. Oh, oh! We have uh, something that can sound like a bass. Oh, finally, <laughs> you know. But, <laughs> right. but then uh, <laughs> we don't have to deal with these shitty Jupiter eights anymore.
3: Uh, <laughs> 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 but, yeah. but, I love, uh, I
2: love the fact, I love the fact that you guys put a, like an analog style filter on it.
3: More Yeah, yeah,
1: That's yeah. So, so great. Just to finish the sort of idea of yeah. So I believe like now we're we're at uh, we're at a uh, after like. 2000 and, yes, 2010 is a good cutoff year, I guess, in saying like electronic music really has sort of found its voice mm-hmm. and we can more design instruments for this sort of music rather than like um, sort of a shot in the dark. So all the parameters on the Digitone and how they interact is sort of thought out like, OK, maybe making a saxophone isn't my core goal. I just want to make really cool electronic sounds. So Mm -hmm. that's why like the envelopes are easier or is simple, more simple uh, just because uh, those sort of crazy complex envelopes that are required for replicating an acoustic instrument isn't really necessary when you're making um, these sort of typically electronic and otherworldly sounds. And adding a filter um, is also a step in that direction where um, the sort of synth part of the Digitone, the FM part, just outputs uh, a, a, a direct output. So it's just like more a timbre. And then you further shape it with the filter and the envelope. So it's it's sort of mixing um, the layout of an uh, analog subtractive synth with uh, the timbrel possibilities or sort of the modulating of a uh, of, um, digital FM synth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Nice, nice. I, I mean, just the just the idea of a FM synth being easier to program and being in a um and and I'm looking over here because I'm actually looking at the the Digitone itself, <laughs> <laughs> right? But just being in a, a small compact, it's such a powerful and huge machine, but in a small compact format, right? Yeah. And so thinking about like, yo, this thing is easy to kind of understand what's going on. Um, and I won't even, honestly, I won't proclaim to, to know. I know a little bit about FM synthesis. It's a very different synthesis model than anything else we we mess with. But this is easy to program. It's easy to come up with stuff that, you know, just sounds good. And what I, one thing I really like, one, it's a kick-ass sequencer in there, right? Because it's the electron sequencer and you can do, you know, PLOTs and trig Things and all sorts of things. So that's dope. But the other thing is I really like the way you all took um, the operators And it's four operators and obviously you can always change the algorithm Which is basically how the operators are laid out whether it is two going in parallel to another two or all of them in series or whatever is the case, but I love the way you all did the XY uh, implementation where yeah. you can kind of get this different sort of sound depending yeah. on how you change that XY knob. That's that's dope. That's very modern. If yeah, you it's, ask me.
1: It's such a cool feature. Um, I wish I had a good answer to people who have asked me how I came up with it, but it was just really, <laughs> just really like, this would be cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i got a, I got a quick question. I feel like the drum sounds that I heard coming out of the Digitone were closer to the drum sounds that I heard from Machine Drum than I've heard from from yeah. uh, From the rhythm,
1: yeah, so the machine drum has uh, an FM engine too, mm-hmm. um, that's probably one of the better um, synthesis methods on it, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people use it. It's like one of the one of the sort of cream of the crop of that machine. So I think uh, yeah, they're they are similar in some regards. And interestingly enough, um, the main inspiration for the envelopes in the digital is actually the machine drum. Um, oh, nice. yeah, because I, I was looking at like the different drum modules on there. Um, and I found that like every single FM engine would like decay into like no modulation. So you would ever e- either have like a full um, timbre um, or like decaying into a sine wave, so everything would get kind of muddy. So that was like where the decay and end thing it was like it was nice to control where it oh nice. So, mm-hmm. so that was like that is pretty funny. But yeah, uh the machine room mm-hmm. has a really nice FM sound. Um mm-hmm.
2: yeah. you know how I know this conversation is bad because while we're talking right now, I'm on ZZ sounds and sweetwater looking at the digital.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you know, well- I can- <laughs> Oh, it's like, so, like man, as well just have it on its way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: but it's really cool. I, it was going to Nam was was so much fun because like, um, I mean it's 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 a uh, I was feeling pretty good about the digitone. Um <laughs> mm-hmm. but you you never know like it could have people could have been like ah you know whatever FM synth you know mm-hmm. or you know a lot of the. Um, sort of uh, FM elitist would be like uh, scoff at of the simplified envelopes. Or oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but what really, really kind of um, um, made it obvious to me that it's it's you know that that we really succeeded is at Nam where I see people just just like making shit on on the Digidone without even like
0: reading. Mm-hmm. That's anything, what got you know. me.
4: That's what got me because I was I was not sold on the idea, um, with the the way the UI was like on the surface I was just kind of like mm, maybe I kind of wanted to see I had been talking with some friends for a while about I wanted to see uh, FM synth with a lot of knobs and you know mm. all the stuff you know that that tends to get hidden I wanted like you know these like five and uh, five and eight stage envelopes and stuff that I could just grab and that kind of thing so I was like. Oh, you know, I've been waiting for an FM synth, but uh, like a new FM synth. But is this really it? Then when I went there and I actually played it, I was blown away at just how musical it is right out the gate. Like it just is very easy to come up with just fun, interesting sounds that that Mm -hmm. speak to you. You know? Yep. And with the
0: two LFOs and you know all those different destinations, like I come up with stuff that you can't you can't contemplate, you can't plan. You know what no, I'm saying?
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I usually try to say that uh, it's designed to be explorative rather than contemplative. Because, mm-hmm. like with, with uh, sort of an old school method, you're always like thinking in serious. It's always like, oh, that operator goes there. And then you're like sort of a cascade of things. But this one is like you move a knob and, and stuff happens. And that's sort of. The exact uh, idea I had for the parameters—that was like the every parameter should like do something interesting, or um, yeah, and it should be kind of hard to get silence, uh, which you can't actually get (laughs) uh, without turning down the amplifier. You know, so that's 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 good. Um, But yeah, I mean, and also like a lot of people have listened to the demos and are like oh, did you add drums from something? Or like, you know, you can't do this with four <laughs> operators. <laughs> but the, em- the envelopes are too simple to do things. Like that. But the thing is that it's, it's not about the envelopes or like the operator count. It's, that's like, that's not, that's not really necessary for the su- sort of sound people want, evidently. Um, and that was sort of, um it, it was a bit tough to convince people even at the office that this would be enough. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I had to push really hard for the for the sort of uh beauty of the simplicity
4: and, and obviously it's it's worked really well, so that's that's cool. But there's that's still some really people bad. That's like usually when I hear a designer talking, it's yeah. I had to fight really hard to allow to have them allow me to put X Y Z into the synth, and they didn't want it because they said it would be too much and blah blah blah. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I mean, we're we're a bunch of nerds, uh, so <laughs> 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 uh, you know. But yeah, it's uh, it's sort of it, it's, I've seen some posts online uh, with like, oh, they should have added more algorithms or more operators or whatever but um usually um those people don't seem to know how f m works anyway, so like yeah, yeah. You're right. yeah and and like i i i um i shipped one unit to um yeah a couple of people um that are uh, some that are very uh, high regarded and i can't really mention <laughs> but uh and and uh, this guy uh, in japan. Who's called Hismi, mm-hmm. um, who does really dope music with like an old vintage uh, Japanese uh, computer um, <laughs> that has a Yamaha chip in it. And I've been listening to his music for a long time. And it's this really freaky IDM uh, stuff, really beautiful, um, super complex sound design, um, super technical. Um, he does it in something called MML, that's mac- uh, Macro music language or music <laughs> macro language, where you have to write in everything. Wow. So <laughs> He's he's manually writing the FM, uh, like how the operators are. Yeah, every value has been written.
0: Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, so, too, that's too deep for me. I yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I really,
1: there is a really good YouTube video of him doing this, uh, exhibiting his uh, his program's life. <laughs> wow! Oh man, you gotta
0: share that. You gotta it share. You that share
2: that
1: link, that link with me, after uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. And 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 uh, I was I, I I um checked with the, we have a Japanese office and one of the guys there um uh, Kodasan who uh, Korta three thirty releases on on Ninja Tune um, mm. mm-hmm. um or no Hyperdub. Um, and uh, he knows a lot of these guys. And I was like, oh, can you, you know, get me in contact with that guy? And he was like, yeah, he's, he's up for making some, some sounds. Like, oh, mm-hmm. cool, sweet. So I sent him the unit. And um, yeah, it got back like uh, hundreds uh, nice sounds. Uh, and uh, I sent him an email and just like thanked him and thought it was really cool that he was on board. And uh he replied, which was really cool. Um and he was like, Yeah, this is this is uh you know, this is the only thing I've used except for
0: his <laughs> oh, programming style. That's huge. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy
1: and this guy who's used to this extremely complex, you know, super freedom, everything, you can do every you know, um even it's even more modular than a DX7, the stuff mm-hmm. he's, he's using. He's like, Yeah, this is really, really interesting and like so such amazing, you know, uh depth of this like uh simpler uh focused layout. And he wrote something like uh yeah, this is this is the box for people who have failed FM. <laughs> 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 it was it was you know, like typically That's Japanese, and so it was very
2: lovely. <laughs> yes. For people
1: that have failed FM, <laughs> yeah, so it was it was very lost in translation, but it was it was beautiful. But Absolutely. yeah, all, all the people who and also also Mark Fell. I don't know if you're familiar with his oh, yeah. work. Yeah, um, he, he's, he's
4: also written some excellent books. So
1: he also got a digital for making um, presets and he yeah. also loved it. Um, also, this guy who's usually into more complex um, and uh, I, he, he recently uh, had three of them at an exhibition <laughs> and did some wow. weird uh, live stuff. Um, yeah, so so the people who are li- really into FM since and like like from from way back, you know, been been using them for years, um, they're totally on board, which uh, obviously shows that um, it works. The the engine is very solid, and you know it can do the things you want it to do really. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not the perfect trombone, but then again, maybe that's not where we're at. Uh, in that's what I
0: love about it though it, it it celebrates FM for what FM is and just right. letting it be digital, yeah. letting it be what it is, right and sure. then it dist- it takes it takes FM and sort of distills it into this great interface that you can really have fun with. <laughs> you know what I mean and yeah. and then two jetting back to you know with the sequencer jetting back to this whole like how sometimes we'll think we need all of this new technology to do all of these wonderful things. But back in the day, cats had like a four track and a synth and made all the music we love. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so this has four instruments that you can use. And like, as I started using it and I've only, I think it's been maybe a week that I've had it as I started using it. I was like, I think I'm gonna need more tracks, but I, I don't like, it's just a matter of how creative you can get with those four tracks. And then the fact that you can, go in and and the sequence of the electron sequencer and use, uh, um, you know, trigs and and P locks and stuff. You know what I mean? You could do all kinds of stuff that takes it to like somewhere totally different. So I think it's dope that it takes FM and distills it down to this interface. And if you're an uh, electron user, you're familiar with the interface. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I think that's dope. It's very
1: cool. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, and for me it's been been a complete dream project to work on, and uh, you know it's uh, almost to the point where it's uh, <laughs> a little bit uh, uh, like um, you know where where do I go from here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what is my life?
2: sort of <laughs> well we have a couple of ideas of where
1: you can... <laughs> yeah no I, I know i know where i'm going i can't tell you though <laughs> but it's it's good it's good it's very good hey yeah. uh,
4: simon i had a question for you about the um the current crop of like ios apps like there's some really cool fm ios apps that are out right yes. now uh yeah. when you guys were were designing this thing and checking it out did did you look at some of the user interfaces of the VSTs and iOS apps, and just kind of some of those those uh, methods of FM synthesis, and just kind of
1: not really not the iOS stuff. Um, I, I recently got myself an iPad, um, just uh, sort of to, to check what's what's there. <laughs> I've been very absent in that uh, in that whole um, deal, uh, but. Interface-wise, I don't know. I mean, uh, not really, because like I think um, it's such a huge difference between the interface of an iOS app and what we have on the Digitone. Um, what's I think an inspiration for me has been for a long time is this um, program for uh, Nintendo Game Boy that's called mm-hmm. Nano Loop. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, It's it's this really cool um, sequencer um, that sort of is very similar to the Electron stuff, actually. It does like the sort of sound information per step and everything, and uh, does things in a grid. And it it always represents um, everything in um, sort of graphics. Um, There's no numbers or anything. And that's for me been like a big inspiration when making interfaces. <clears throat> and um for the digital oh I, I, yeah I, I did the graphical user interface for the digital as well um and for me i think it was sort of like it, it's it's sort of the same approach to um uh how the parameters affect the sound it's just like when you turn a knob it should should um Sort of do what you what you are hearing in your mind <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Uh, so like the feedback is just like the feedback is just a geometrical shape that's like um, sort of caving in on itself. It's like re- repeating and and becoming like a more abrasive um, so things like that. I think is really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I haven't tried that many iOS apps. But I yeah, there's one pretty cool one that's called From.
2: Oh, <laughs> From a... is dope.
1: Yeah, From is cool and made by one of those Japanese FM uh, guys. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's it's a bit odd. You have to randomize the ratios, though. That's, yeah. That's weird.
2: I, but... I use it to create uh, drum se- sequences, and then I just track it out and just yeah. you know, those loops like that thing is really really cool
1: yeah 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 but it's more laid out like a classic japanese drum synth if you mm-hmm. have seen the the i uh, can't remember alt alt sound <laughs> it looks like that yeah yeah but um yeah for for computer stuff um operator ableton's operator is probably my main inspiration for a lot of things in jitty zone
3: hmm.
1: um, nice yeah because I, I, that's probably um my favorite FM synth now is the G-D-D-Tone. <laughs> yeah. but if I have to choose another one, that's like it's the it's Ableton's operator for sure. That one also does away with the multi-stage envelopes, goes with usual uh, regular ADSRs, and um, yeah, blends additive and and subtractive synthesis into it in a really good way.
2: Um, I actually love using the kind of the operator. It. I love using that to make drum sounds. That's one of my favorite. Yeah. Since just to go in and make some drum sounds on that,
1: yeah, actually a lot of the did drum sounds are made in in operator
2: uh, with operator wait, so wait, so you made them on operator and then just exported the i guess the the data for it to put it into or no, no, no,
1: on the did oh did yeah.
2: I was, yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I, was no, like, no, 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 no. I was like, whoa, wait <laughs> <Yeah>, a <whoa>. minute. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was no, like, no. whoa, whoa, oh, you can threw my money
1: there. I was like, wait a <laughs> no, 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 no. for the D-Detect, I, I made uh, every single drum sound in there except for one of the kits, <laughs> And uh, a lot of those
0: actually. sounds, by the way, because I've been uploading uh, Instagram videos over the last week. Of just stuff that I, I kind of want people to see, like yo, I'm only using the the Digitone right here, yeah. and the drum sounds a killer. Yeah, <laughs> I great. Mean, yeah.
2: Great, great. really cool ones. Yeah. Great sounds. Cool.
0: So let me ask you about the arpeggiator on the. Yeah. When I I'm looking at it right now, it says T2 arpeggiator. What's up with that? I don't know why it says T2. Is this is that something special about it, or is that uh, just what you chose the name? Post, I think. Or just okay. track track two? Which? Oh, I got it. So it's t1 t3. Yep. That is you're right. Okay. So um on the the arpeggiator um, You have this piece on there where it's uh You can kind of create your own um, I don't even know what to call this I mean you 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 have this line and every line is a different step and that you can turn it to the different operator like I'm going negative four, negative two, negative three. Like, what was the inspiration for this particular ARP?
1: Well, um, I don't know. I mean, it originates from uh, the analog four. Okay. Um, It has a very similar arpeggiator. Um, Actually, it's it's rewritten um, for the Digitone, but um, the sort of interface is very similar. I don't know where the inspiration comes from. I know Waldorf had a similar one where you could sort of do like a little sequence in the arpeggiator.
0: Yeah, that's it. The, the sequence part of the arpeggiator where, you know, yeah. you play it's kind of going through this sequence depending on how you set it. And I love the fact that you can use the data knob and the e knob to kind of just randomly go through, or you could be meticulous to set it mm-hmm. to each step on the sequencer to change it to the right key that you want. But I love yeah. the, the whole random quick aspect of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's, quite, it's quite, quite powerful um yeah I, I don't know it's just
0: yeah <laughs> was it, it was on the a4 i can't remember i yeah, had a four yeah. for a couple of years but for some reason that seems kind of cloudy to me right now mm. um yeah yeah it's dope man I, I really i think everything about it is real dope and i'll tell you sometimes i'm i'm way up on what's happening and sometimes i'm like yeah, I'm sure it's where it needs to be. So then I'll jump on and I'm like, okay, let's pull up overbridge. Totally just kind of caught up in the the moment of using the F the FM on the Digitone. And I'm like, all right, I'm we'll gonna pull up Overbridge. And then it dawned on me, I'm like, it's not ready yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. totally forgot just because I was so kind of hypnotized <laughs> by the Digitone.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean uh that's being worked <laughs> on do? too of course yeah <laughs> right it's becoming such a heated debate that it's uh, almost uh, but uh, yeah i mean that's uh I, from what i've understood uh it's coming along very nicely they did it on Overwatch as well
0: so yeah. nice nice yeah. um uh next time you know, I wish I could ask, because I know you can't talk about anything that's coming. I'm just always excited about whatever's coming up. <laughs> next. But okay, so let me ask this. What do you use the Digitone with mostly, uh, as far as hardware? Do you use it with Digitact, or are you mostly like an Ableton Live guy that you use
1: using? Well, um, so, yeah, actually, well, um, so most of the time I'm doing one machine, um, mm-hmm. because... I don't know. I just, I just really like. I come from this uh, chip music background, (laughs) uh, with like trackers and stuff, Mm -hmm. um, where you like you have like typically four tracks of like monophonic audio, and you kind of max max them out to what you can do. So for me, it's like there's this um, there's this uh, tradition in me that that wants to like use one thing at a time and just like Mm -hmm. do like maximum I can do with it. Um, But what I've done recently a lot is use it with some of my older gear. I have an MC202 and a 606. Oh, I saw one of the videos recently. It was pretty dope. Oh Yeah, I was running them alongside with it because it does DIN sync um, Mm -hmm. out of the box. So, and that, I mean, such a weird combination, but it's it's super nice, actually. Just have to find a good way to reprogram the two o two live. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, uh,
0: no doubt, happen. the two o two is actually kind of dope. It's one of those things I find that people love the two o two if they, you know. If they love the TO2, they really love it, but oh, that's so, yeah.
2: If they know how to use it the right way, because
0: that's, that's, that's <laughs> talk, you know? have people that tough Like, I can't stand a 202, and it's mostly because maybe they haven't taken the time to really dig into it I've never had yeah. a 202 in front of me, but yeah. The video se- you uploading to Instagram is pretty dope with the 202 oh, the, 606. Well,
1: the The sequencer is a complete mindfuck um, for you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's
3: what I'm saying,
2: the sequencer is like, ugh, I can't even wrap my head around it It
1: fucks it. you good <laughs> <laughs>
0: you gotta
3: smoke a cigarette, you
0: gotta, you, gotta right. smoke a, you gotta smoke a cigarette
3: after you use a 202?
0: Oh, <laughs> every time, every day. Boom, right. man, man that's 202. Woo! you like, 202. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah,
4: at least you you can recognize the things that that might drive you insane so that you can kind of sidestep (laughs) that stuff in your own projects. I I think it
1: sounds very beautiful, the 202. It has a very particular sound. Mm -hmm. I think that was like, it's the golden era of Roland. You can't can't really, they they knew what they were doing. It's dope uh, instruments. It's really good
4: they um, also that was also the golden era of like their advertising too <laughs> they had, like, wonderful sure. tacky videos back then Those were great <laughs> yeah but yeah
1: no, i mean yeah the sequence from that thing is like yeah i would i would love to make something like that but like sane.
3: <laughs> but, it's not what's
1: but it's funny. It's, it's so nice because first you do like first you do the notes you want, and then then you enter the rhythm. Oh, so it's that's like, weird. <laughs> and, and the and the what's more fucked up about it is that like uh, if you have like if you've entered twelve notes and you do like a rhythm that doesn't line up, then you know. It it won't. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but but I, I really love doing like polymeters and stuff. So I don't mind. I just I just kinda go with it. I let it I let it do its own thing. Those um, happy
2: accidents are great.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's great for happy accidents. And all of those like classic IDM tracks from like um Aphex and um oh, yeah. uh Square Pusher and stuff, they just you know, they had a two oh two and just kinda did a thing and came out this trippy melody so yeah
4: was there anything that like um that you kind of have in the back of your mind that you've always kind of wanted to design but just haven't had the chance to yet and um if that's the case um is it because of large ambitious project or is it more just a not not the right time not the right place kind of thing or what
1: well um
4: Well, I mean, uh, without giving too much away, I mean,
1: sure, sure. I mean, there's there's this one thing that I would love to do is is, a, is a sort of um, what the digitone is for FM. I would like to make something similar with physical modeling.
2: Oh yes. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah <laughs> but, but the uh, only reason why I'm talking about this is because it it's not gonna happen. At least not. To... <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: The only reason I'm talking about this is because my heart is in a gutter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because it's the like, thing I'm is, already been tell about <laughs> it <you> gig already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the thing is, with with physical modeling, is that it's so processor heavy um to so you know it's not really feasible to do in in uh, hardware at this yeah. point um yeah. at least to at least not at an extent where it carries its own in in a, in a box.
3: wait
2: well i saw well i don't know if ken you might be able to correct me or corey you guys have plunk right
4: i have plunk, plunk is great yeah yeah, yeah i so, got Plunk, and i have elements um Forget yeah, uh, so. you Ken. it'll be bringing up elements like you know you're just a man because you got elements Whatever, dude. I couldn't afford it, so I had to build it myself. That's, that's <laughs> that was the first. That was my first ever SMT uh, oh. soldering job. Like, oh. like that was the first time I ever did SMT soldering at all. That's and, scary. Yeah. Hey, it worked the first time. So, but oh, I'll tell you was. what. You talk about soldering greens of sand. That sucked.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, man, if you guys build a, a plunkish <laughs>
0: Well, so the thing, is, that, the the thing, thing is, that I think yeah. about that, so when you talk about physical modeling, pardon me, I got this this mm-hmm. uh, image up on the screen, so I was going to go to, uh, I want to talk about Mo grandmother next, but oh, yeah. what, with, with the physical modeling, so I imagine what you're talking about with Plunk. this is a port from... A software maker. Yeah, from Chromophone, chromophone,
2: from, from chromophone yeah. Which right. is a right. So that's
0: a little different. It's, so it's like running software. Yeah. Is that any right. in the way you would wanna do it in hardware? Because obviously sure. it's been done in yes. module form, yeah. right? Yes.
1: Uh, Plunk uh, sounds great, but mm-hmm. it's much more lo-fi than Chromophone. Um, yeah. It also just has two voices and is running on a very high-end uh, expensive processor. Mm-hmm. So, go figure. <laughs> you know, it, it, it works. And that's kind of the beauty of Eurek, right? That you can buy this module that does that thing but has the really expensive components. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but if we did, imagine if we released the DigiDonk or whatever. donk.
3: That's the name right
1: there. The DigiDonk! And it would be like, it would be like w- one voice. So yeah, right. Kind of, <laughs>
4: know, voice <laughs> crackles coming in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Listen, it's, it's really low fi. <laughs> you know, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> something's getting called the digi dunk around here. I'll tell, sure. you, I tell you, I did have
4: a pretty cool physical <laughs> modeling synth um at one point, And again, it ran on a cold fire chipset, which was the. um the Alesis Fusion had physical modeling in oh, it. Oh, you gotta remember that. Mm. And that thing, man, that, that was so much fun to do sounds in. But, uh, I mean, it, it had its own problems, but it, that thing was also kind of really ahead of its time. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, there were a couple of those really crazy, um, like the Yamaha VL1, which yeah. is probably the most ambitious um, physical modeling synth made um, commercially. Um, but that's that's like that's on a different level. It was also super expensive and had like custom d s p ships, like four of them in it, and did like monophonic <laughs> voice mm, yeah, <laughs> but it's wild I mean the v one you can you can adjust
0: like the throat size of the person playing or whatever <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> so yeah, let me be- let me ask you guys i'm'm I'm gonna switch gears a little bit here. let me ask yeah. you guys about. <laughs> And this is us moving away from Electron, but I still wanna ask about this. And there's not much information out there on it, but the Moog Grandmother looks like a descendant of the Moog MG1, uh, realistic MG1. Have you all seen that out there? What's your thoughts on it?
4: Who wants to go first? You want me to go first? Go for it. Yeah. Right, be, so, I know
2: you're gonna be long-winded on this. No, one. I'm gonna, I'm actually not. I'm gonna
4: keep it short sure because I've already said like on Facebook and, and everything else, like a lot of what I have to say. And people wanted to jump down my throat about it. And I'm just like, look, man, you deserve first it. First off, I don't I'm gonna I'm gonna say it up front. I don't have a problem with the scent. I think the synth itself is, is pretty cool um for for what it is. I think the uh, I think it's hideously ugly, which I love. Um <laughs> I love the fact that it's that ugly. Um and, and it's got my green, which is cool. But yes, here's the, here's Ken, the thing. Ken here's what green. upset me. This is what upset me. It, it's not the synth that upset me. I'm sure it's probably gonna sound great. I like the fact that they, you know, threw a spring reverb in there, which let's be honest, that doesn't exactly add a lot of cost wise, you know, parts wise and all that. Like spring reverb's not that big a deal, but it's it's an interesting character aspect of it. What kind of disappointed me is that right now, the market of like semi-modular synths, there's a lot of stuff coming out at really affordable prices. And what I wanted to see was Moog, the company who is kind of known for innovation. You know, these are the guys who put synthesizers on the map. I was just hoping that this next announcement would be something that moved the bar forward a little bit. You know, we look at things like Digitone. We look at things like the Medusa. Like, there's a lot of really interesting synthesizers being made these days. And while it's cool that they keep going back to their past because this is heavily inspired by their past, I'm waiting for Moog to do something new and inspiring that, like, surprises me. Like, this doesn't surprise me at all. Like, it just doesn't make me go... Oh, like, you know, I gotta have that Because this is something new and interesting Like, to me, it's like You know, granted, I'm spoiled I've got a modular, I've got tons of mono synths You know, I've got spring oh. reverbs So I'm spoiled in that regard, for sure hmm. But I'm, I'm waiting for Moog to live up to its legacy Put it that way
1: Well, I think, I think the the grandmother uh, Interestingly, this uh, leaked in the industry uh, A few exactly. weeks ago So I've, I've heard the rumors Yeah and then the rumors were uh, a sort of MG1-ish, um, which is interesting. But um, I think this is just a continuation of their current lineup: uh, the Mother 32 and BDM. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, the, the people who got those, which are, they're, I mean, people say they're cheap, but I mean, I think they're they're kind of up there in pricing. But it's Moog, so you know. Yeah, well,
4: um, for the name. Yeah, sure.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, and they're also built in the U.S. I think, and that's um, adds a bit of overhead. But um Probably.
4: like yeah. uh, we, we don't know for sure exactly yeah. how much of it is built in the U.S.A. But, but regardless, um,
1: I think for those people who bought the Defam and and, and Mother, which uh, for from what I'm gathered is it's a lot of people. Um, their next synth might be this one, like this is a step up from that sort of um, which makes uh, sense, yeah, it makes totally sense, yeah. But yeah, this the look of it, um, yeah, it looks it looks uh, really horrible
4: in, in a good way. <laughs> 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 like, I'm, I'm one to of to the people that sense. actually like the 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 ridiculous yellow of the sledge, I love mm-hmm. the green of the awesome. iron line, like, I like ugly synths. <laughs> <laughs> like i'll be the first to admit it but you know don't yell at me when i uh, you know admit that it's ugly because come on look at it i think it I,
0: I think this will look
2: better with the patch cables all over
0: it yeah of course
4: I yeah, don't agree with that the only the only aspect of it that i honestly find ugly like that i don't like is i hate those style wheels like i've never liked
0: well it's retro anymore. right so that that's the thing so let me tell you i mean as far as what i think about it is When you look at it and you know right there. It's the mg1 it, It's it's the descendant of an mg1. It's a proper descendant of mg1. I like that because You know for one uh, a lot of people we're in an age where there's a lot of different Reissues that are coming out or you know sort of new takes on old gear I kind of like that Moog said you know what we see that there's a lot of mg1s out there selling and Maybe we should kind of capitalize on it and give something a little new. I don't know anything about how this thing sounds or anything, but I like the retro look of it and the fact that Moe said, let's go back into our stack, uh, not just for the Model D, and bring something to the table that could be considered like a descendant of one of our past
4: products. partially what irritates me is that I'm like... They've been saying let's go back into our stack for like how long now? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like really? I you know, like to me, I'm just like, okay, Bob Moog, like this guy created this whole industry, really. You know, like if it wasn't yeah. for him, a lot of this stuff would not exist. So like, how about his legacy boot be moving the needle forward? You know what I mean? Like to me, that's that's what I really want to see. And it's not, it's not hate. It's I'm like, I'm a fan. I want well, to see you know, I want to see it move forward. I want to see people at Moog being as 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 forward thinking as people at, at Electron. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to see forward thinking in this company with a wonderful legacy. You know, don't just mm-hmm. because look at Gibson. How are they yeah. doing?
1: Well, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I think it's that's that's I think that's a tough tough thing. You know, you have that legacy, and yeah, it's as you it said, it's it's, pro- it's the legacy of the, of I'll the, of the industry. First person
4: to say, Look, look, that's not the only thing that's leaked from them in the industry. Like they have some of the worst kept secrets as far as <laughs> what, what they have coming in the future, you know, out there. But that being said, that stuff is probably going to be an arm and a leg. I'm more talking about like the the more like to the market consumers. And that was one of the things that irritated me. Like a while ago when they first brought back the large format modulars, right? Mm-hmm. They did a video. I can't remember if it was the uh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer uh, reissue or if it was the System 55 reissue, but they did this video and in the video, uh, Gene says something to the effect of like, you know, we wanted to make these, uh, these instruments accessible to, to the public again, or to the masses or whatever, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Hey, the public and, that I hang out with don't and got And then, that. and then they released it, they, <laughs> no, they they released it at the like $35,000 and up. <laughs> and it was like. Well, no, like you can't say that you're making it, you know, available to the masses and, and affordable to people if you're, if you're marking things up crazy like that. So, like, that left a bad taste in my mouth. And, and it made me feel like, okay, well, now you've put that onus on you. Like, now you've made it to where I'm looking at you with a side eye saying, when are you going to innovate again? When are you going to blow my mind again? Cause you haven't done it in a while. I love the sub fatty. I love a lot of the sense that they make. It's not about the sound, it's more about like, how can you inspire people? Like, like, what are you doing? That is, what are you doing? That's making the other companies that are, that are lower cost companies look at you and say, Oh, that's what we should have done. You know, that's where we should be. And I just haven't seen it yet. Like I haven't seen it in in a long while.
2: Bro. They even reissued the reissue of the sub 37.
4: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was was like,
2: Oh, here's a new sub 37. Sub 37 just came out. Like, it's like, what's going on like so here's the
0: thing here's the thing that's tough about that for me uh for me when i think about innovation i think about a lot of different companies and i think about like say apple or harley davidson these companies are not innovating anymore but they innovated to a point that changed the industry you know what i mean and so they are yeah i tell you on what they've already done and now they've changed the norm to the new norm so then we'll be saying like Oh, they ain't doing nothing different than what they've been doing. But then we, if we stop and look around, we see that the whole industry has changed because of what they did. Right? Yeah, so they're, they're, I, I guess, guess to that degree, they they're, the they're
4: changing to to accommodate the industry. Look at all the monosynths that are semi modular now. Like you can't tell me that they weren't influenced by Certainly. you know the, M- the, the MS twenty mini, the 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 mini brutes, all that kind of stuff coming out. You know, with with patch bays on them and all that stuff. So you can't tell me that they weren't influenced by the other companies. And no, I'm not saying course. that that's wrong. I, again, I'm not hating on the synth in particular. I'm hating on the fact that like the announcement was kind of teased and teased and teased, and it's been a long while. And the last time I felt like, oh wow, this is really cool, was like the Voyager. Maybe the Moog guitar ceremony was kind of cool, but it used basically the the oh, software that was in the Animo, guitar, you right. know? Okay.
2: Yeah, the thing is, the thing is, man, is it always takes a Tesla to make mm-hmm. other companies wake up. Yeah. You know, you you always need somebody like that, and that's how I've always felt about certain synth companies and certain developers, where I'm like. I'm looking at like guys like Dreadbox and looking at guys at like Poly, you know Polyend. Guys Mm -hmm. like Electron. These are people that are not necessarily thinking traditionally with musical instruments, but they're saying, well, how can we make a dope interface and innovate what people can actually do with normal things, with a sequencer or with an Mm -hmm. oscillator? Problem is, I think Moog is kind of old school with their approach on interfacing. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that you, we still haven't seen change. Like Mother 32 is cool, but that's just the interface of your
4: And so, mother 32 came out after people had been asking for something along those lines for like a decade. Like yeah, it, it wasn't like a fresh idea that came out. It was like, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it had been demanded by their customer base for a long time.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and I and I and I get your frustration there. But my my at the end of the day for me, if it sounds dope,
4: it's dope. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Dope, yeah. yeah. No doubt. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the price point isn't terrible. Like it's not terrible. Are there other things out there that give you more bang for the buck? Sure, but at the same time the build quality again, you know, it looks pretty cool. Um, and it's got character to it, which is a big thing, you know, for a lot of people. One of Bob Moog's main um, objectives when he was making instruments, he always talked about how. The feel of the instrument, like the actual interaction, should inspire. And I think that this does that. I think to me, whether you love or hate the design, it definitely draws out an emotion. So you got to give mm. kudos to that level, you know? I'll
0: tell you, I like the fact that it draws from the past and the fact that, you know, now everybody's starting to say, like, oh crap, that MG1 was actually pretty dope. Yeah, we, you know what I mean, man, but you've was it.
2: We,
0: man, we had like three of those and we got rid of them. Like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not and, and, and then all the other, all all the, all the, all the, so hold on. Before we, I, I think we got that, but I want to go to this. You see what's on the screen right now while I'm talking. I just want to get your opinion right quick on this mpcx customization with the wood cheeks
4: wood ends on everything is that what you're asking (laughs) i'm asking what you guys what do you think about what this looks like compared to what the
0: original looks like i like it the color is good the wood cheeks are
1: i don't like that yeah, <laughs> right. You
3: know, I, I like oh, the electric guy
1: doesn't like so. like No, I, I,
3: don't
4: I, I, I don't mind how it looks. I would just, I, I would want it to be a little bit more round, just because, like, I just don't need anything angular that my wrist is going to be around.
2: Yeah, mm. I'm also not an angle dude. Like, I don't like my stuff like that. Like, I don't know, man. Like, so I like- when
0: I look at the MPCX, you know the MPCX side cheeks are. Perfect for the MPCX. They mold, they're molded. They have a certain angle. It's kind of looks aerodynamic almost. And it has a little handle in in there, cut in. And I think if they could have made this wood cheek look more like what the actual wood cheek looks like, it would be a dope addition. But this way, I'm kind of on the fence. It almost feels like it makes it look like an unfinished product. Whereas, you know, when you put wood cheeks on something, it should kind of enhance the look. To me, this looks like an unfinished product.
2: Well, the thing is that there's been there's been kind of like this stigma. If you like customize something, all of a sudden it's more special. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I feel like companies take a lot of time in designing their gear in a certain way where they feel like, hey, this is ready to go. Now, if you customize it, you're just spending more money on your joint just so you could be pretty in front of you, which is fine.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But I don't think it's necessarily necessary, man. Like, yeah, it's not necessary. Are we
4: anything. finally to you. the stage where we can be adults with our gear and not put spinning rims on everything? Did we not learn from the beat thing,
0: bro? Oh, well, <laughs> I hate that you bring that up. That always deadens the mood. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you sometimes
4: chrome and tassels on your interior is not a good look. Yeah, right, bro. Bro, <laughs> I saw this photo. I saw this photo the other
2: day on Instagram of Ludacris in the studio. <laughs> and, and all the gear was white and he had a set of rims in the studio first of all <laughs> why
0: look first of all <laughs> rap look, shit for the sake of rap shit no, like no, what no,
2: why? No, you check this out. now me the engineer in me is going crazy because I'm like man those things are going to resonate so loud
4: yeah yeah for real
2: <laughs> when those speakers are going so like like the, like the mixing engineer me is like get those things out of here because all i'm is
3: like
2: resonating in the studio i'm like bro that doesn't even make sense
0: like, like, like i could see like yeah when he's rolling the rims in there i'd be looking like what the hell are you doing? Why are you bringing rims in the studio? Like rims in the studio.
2: Bro, I, I, <laughs> I, I saw that and I lost my mind, man. Was I was gonna need to get worst.
1: some hydraulics on my
4: rhythm. <laughs>
2: Oh exactly. <laughs> it, really. and Every, You know the they hydraulic. got their
4: standing desks that you can adjust. You just yeah. need to put airbags yeah. on it so it actually yeah. bounces.
2: Yeah, but you got a you got a MIDI map. You got a MIDI map the hydraulics so that yes. when you use the pressure, you can use the pressure on the rhythm and just yeah. <laughs> goes up.
4: <laughs> well, actually, there's another. Um, I believe he's based in Berlin. Uh, so Jorg from Radical Technologies, mm-hmm. he had a, a synthesizer that he built called the Accelerator, right? Yeah. And the accelerator has an acceler- uh, accelerometer in it. It's a big, heavy, well-built synth. And if you tilt it, it will change your sound. <laughs> so yeah. You can throw airbags your good desk good. and use it like that, because I, I I, poked fun at it at NAMM one year, and... Uh, and I was like, you know, who's gonna pick this thing up? It's it's it was like three thousand dollars. I was you like, can. I'm not picking this thing up and risking dropping it. So
0: here's the thing: I have my profit six. <laughs> my profit six has the spring reverb in it, right? But it's not a real spring reverb. But it has an accelerometer, I think, in it, so that if you turn the spring reverb all the way up, uh, it's a certain thing. I did an Instagram video on it. And you hit it, you can hear. If it. you hit it on a side, yeah. smack. <laughs> And it does the whole thing. It reacts the way a real spring reverb looks. Now I did that one time, two times, and then I was kind of like, I don't like the idea that I have to smack the side of my Prophet Six to, <laughs> to make it do anything. I don't want to be
4: doing that. You
2: over there smacking them wood cheeks? I have my actual yeah smacking them wood
4: spring reverb, <laughs> reverb for my uh from my modular mounted upside down, so I can just grab the springs if I want to. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Man, that, that reverb
4: is- though. I want to get the moisturizer though. That moisturizer no, that thing spring is reverb. Fire.
2: That thing is yeah, I
0: gotta have it, man. Ken, I gotta I mean, have I mean, it. But anytime I think about spending four hundred dollars on a on an effect, I'm always thinking like, there's so many affordable scents now.
2: Corey, check out the, <laughs> check out the coma the coma field kit. The um, what do you call it? The
0: the new one that they have out. The mm. that has a spring built into it. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'll check. I think I saw that at Nam too. But hey, I want to want to get back one thing—the question in the chat for uh, for Simon. And mm-hmm. you know, I know. I feel like I know the answer already because we can't talk mm-hmm. about things that have not been done or we don't know that will be done. Yep. But I know <laughs> that a lot of people want to see the mono machine and machine drum as mk2 versions or something mm. or you know one of the things that i'm always teasing anybody that i meet from electron is about the sid station mm. because i really want a sid station i bought the uh mold machine sid joint and that i love that sense but i'd love to see sid station come a bit. so why don't we have uh is There's there a, ever going to be a model machine SID station shirt <laughs> nice nice <laughs> nice <clears throat> but the thing with the uh, SID station though is, is because there's the chips are in you know not in good supply. You know it's just, just not a lot of those chips out anymore. No.
1: You can't you can't find new old stock. So the, the history about the SID station <clears throat> is that um so all of those guys who were, were involved on in it, or most of them who who finished the product anyway, um are like demo scene guys. Um Daniel Hanson, who was like the main guy, is uh, from from a demo group called uh, 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 so 45. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, they bought like this huge supply of new old stock SID chips. Uh, I think it was around thousands of them or something. <clears throat> and they got a lot of hate for that because, um, that of course they put a them in. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if they bought them all. No, I don't think so, but, um, they bought a lot of them. Um, and, um, that means that if you want to repair a C64, maybe that SID chip is in a SID station instead of your. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, then again, uh, se- doesn't seem to be such an issue now, luckily. Um, but like the SID station, I don't think we will ever see return because, um, you know, the chip you just can't get it. It's not. It's not something you can you can do really. Um, Plus, there's like better alternatives. <laughs> if you yeah, there's the there's the um, uh, there's the tiny version of the uh, midi box sid called the Samich sid. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, um, right. And uh, I think much better than the sid station actually. <laughs> I actually
4: use a um because I use the sid station and it was really cool. Um, but at the time i couldn't afford one and they were rather rare um not a lot of people i knew had them um in fact i think that was the only one i've actually seen in person but um i ended up building a uh i got a sid guts and i cannibalized my own personal c64 from when i was growing up and i even took the filter caps out of it too (laughs) like i was like i wanted this to be what i because I, like, basically... Man, I I grew up on that machine. So, like, Mm -hmm. I grew up playing Commodore 64 instead of uh, NES. So, for me, it was, like... That that that's like a very near and dear sound, you know, like because it yeah, does yeah. have a very specific sound. The way the filter sounds, the way the the noise on it sounds, it's very specific, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah you can tell you can tell something is coming from a C sixty four, even when the track is silent, because you will hear the three oscillators leak in such a particular yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: way. Got, I had the um, what what is it called? The the Swin chip or whatever it was. Swin chip, yeah. Yeah, I had that in there when I first built it before I. Cause I wanted to just hear the difference between the two and yeah, you could definitely tell the difference. Yeah. I mean, the synth
1: chip is basically an analog synth really, um, mm-hmm.
4: as a hybrid, a hybrid. Sort of, hybrid yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It's pretty interesting. But to get back to the question about, uh, like, um, Mono machine and machine drum, um, uh, new versions or whatever. Um, I think just like, like we talked about Moog, um, with sort of their, um, looking into their past and, and, and like uh, collecting something from that. Um, uh, I think at Electron, we're more focused on like what's ahead uh, rather than, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, and, and also like...
4: On relying you know, on legacy for like 50 years? Is that, is that what i saying? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> i said you're more focused on the future than relying on legacy for like 50 years or so yeah yeah i guess yeah uh
1: i mean i think i think they had a very amazing run uh from 2001 and 2003 to 2015. that's pretty pretty great and we we still sold like we still sold like a couple of hundreds every month uh which is pretty crazy for such an old uh, machine Uh, at that price as well. Um, But, you know, I think uh, if we ever were to make something um, in the same vein again, it would be um, something different.
4: Yeah. I can dig that. It it had some cool features like the the sampling mode on it. It was kind of like a interesting quirky sampling on it, Um, you know, hearkening back to some kind of more vintage stuff and then just all the different modeling in there and all that. That's, that's really cool. I think, I think that's what a lot of people get um, excited about when they think about a newer version of something like that is, <laughs> if that's where the company was then, where would the company be now if they did something new along those same lines, but thinking forward to now. One of the things that I've been really interested in with Electron is, um, do you think that there'll be a day where Electron, you know, doesn't focus so much on, like, the smaller boxes. Uh, and I don't mean just between Digitac. I mean, like, the form factor of, like, the rhythm and Digitac and all that, to me, is still considered pretty small when you compare it to something like, say, an MPC or, um, you know, a uh, MC-909 or something. You know, you remember when we had, like, more big sure. format <clears throat> pieces like that, like a flagship, like a yeah. almost like an MV-8000 or something to that effect. <laughs> Would you guys ever <laughs> you consider... Know, yeah. <laughs> going to get really balls to the walls like that.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about the MV8000 when you showed that um that MPC picture, Corey. Yeah, uh, yeah. Have you seen uh, Have you seen Rissa's MV8000? Oh yeah, the
0: black yellow and black with <laughs> the <pack laughs> thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, amazing. you know what that that inspired my um my bumblebee MPC. Five thousand. Yeah, oh, wow. the, the 5,000. I took the five thousand and and well, I was tripping on it because it kind of became cult famous in the on the internet and that beat making circuit because i took the five thousand and i painted the sides yellow and i painted the screen edges yellow and mm-hmm. put yellow pads on it and gold knobs it. <laughs> it was crazy <laughs> and i just kind of did it one weekend my wife was like why you keep going in the garage I was like i got this yellow paint doing out here. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, I love that idea of uh, customize stuff to make it look like it was inspiring like, that kind of that's stuff cool. inspires me, you know? <laughs> So, uh, oh, yeah, well,
3: what
1: was the question? <laughs> okay, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 flagship. Um, uh, yeah, so,
4: I mean, we've done, like, keyboard versions and stuff, but that's, like, yeah. Um, that's I'm more really- asking, does that, does that kind of thing interest you guys at all? Like, is that something that or, – or do you feel more like, you know what, these smaller, individualized um, – mm-hmm specified boxes like this are really just where you want to be?
1: Yeah, so we're
4: always kind of looking at
1: um, live performance as a goal. Um, So like with the MK2s that are considerably bigger in footprint, um, uh, that's like, I think, at least what I've gathered from our users, we're kind of, you know, that's like, shouldn't go bigger than that, really, for live performance. It's like the size of a tempest uh, I think yeah. sort of yeah. I mean it's, it's fairly big um especially if you bring it on stage and you have other stuff um so I think that's probably the main reason why we're kind of into these um yeah the boxy format it's just very sleek and easy to bring live and if you have several of them it's easy to arrange them and you know um yeah so I think we're quite happy in that area um, but you know, I can't really say anything about like future prospects or whatever. Sure. But um, uh, yeah, as, as for like um, going back to the question about Machine Dremel and One Machine, um, they are quite niche products in how they approach like um, sound generation, you could say, an interface. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people love them for the sort of um, quirky, um multi uh synthesis setup um but uh i think the reality of the matter is is that um uh sort of the the quirkiness and and sort of the niche of it um wouldn't really work today um because again we've kind of reached a point where we know where we're going sound design wise and <clears throat> like like if you compare like the demos from the stuff you hear from a digitone compared to the stuff you hear from a m- mono machine even though a mono machine has more dif- different uh, more ways uh, to approaching like uh sy- synthesis uh mm-hmm. the, the digital stuff still sounds more like a complete set of sounds just because of the depth of the of the sound engine um so I think if if we made something similar um it should be very different that's just mm-hmm. sort of where I'm yeah well the
2: you
0: only know other other I, is, I, I oh go ahead no no what I think about it is is this uh sort of I always told this road of like uh I like to think about mono machine and 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 those kind of machines that I never had a chance to own, that's what I'm excited about to say, ooh, I could get that if they reissue it. But at the same time, I'm more than happy to jump into stuff like Digitone and Digitac that's going in the, the, into the future and, and like the new things that are coming about. I dig that. Um, probably more so than I would think. Like, I would want that older thing because I never had a chance to have it. Hmm. You know what I mean? The future yeah. is probably important to me. I also the wonder the
4: about. You know, I, I'm looking at like Overbridge and I'm wondering, like, are you guys considering, you know, have you looked at going the VST route, like straight up VSTs and that kind of thing? Um, is, Does that interest you guys or would you prefer to just stay hardware with a software tinge for integration only? Yeah, no, there there is uh, pretty much zero interest in making uh, <laughs> standalone <laughs> VSTs.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: Probably just because it wouldn't be a smart move either, because we're we're not a software company, sure. uh, not, at least not to that extent. I mean, we're doing overbridge, that we have a whole software team, but um, it's very different from. You're still working with a machine. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I love VSTs personally. I think it's uh, really cool, but uh, I don't think Electron will be entering VST territory. <laughs> I'm
2: waiting. I'm waiting for you guys to make a multi-effects box. Oh
1: yeah, that would be cool.
2: Yeah, like, I'm waiting, because I see Heat, analog Heat is sitting there, and then I see all the effects you guys have, and all the different, because you have chorus and digitone, yeah. but you don't have it in anything else. And sure. Then like, you know, so for me,
0: I'm just like, hey, and man. And those effects are nice, too, though. Yeah, yes. that's, they
1: that's, really uh, are nice effects. that's Oscar Albinson. He's our DSP. Uh, engineer and uh, yeah, for the digital, news was just like, "I'm gonna make a really good course. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you go ahead, man. <laughs>
3: so, um, yeah,
2: yeah. So um, like, that's what I'm. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm just waiting for the day I see an announcement that you guys came out with a multi-effects device, and I get to say, "Hey, I told Simon about
0: that on the show." <laughs> like, I'll say this. Yeah, I'll say this. Simon doesn't have to say anything. I feel like they're already going in that direction. <laughs> You know what I mean, like, this is not a, a thing where, like, Sam is going to get back to work on Monday, and they'll be like, why'd you tell them that? Listen, <laughs> I feel like you guys are already going in that direction, and you don't have to say nothing, Simon. I'm just saying, I'm I see enough. what you're doing.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey, Simon, can, can you tell somebody over at Electron to put a compressor in the heat?
1: In the heat? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's been debated a lot.
2: Because <laughs> I, I know you have the envelope follower and it can kind sure. of sound, it can kind yeah, of know,
1: it. Yeah, it would be super <laughs> nice with a compressor. Uh, yeah, whatever, just
4: turn the distortion all the way up and brick wall it.
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that, that would be neat. Um, What was I thinking about? I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah,
3: because he's
2: thinking about, because he right now, Simon is thinking about devices that they are working with. He doesn't want to spill the beans by mistake on here. Well, let me just tell you
0: two, Simon. We're going to wrap up here a second. But I want to just tell you that one of the things that Electron should be thinking about is making sure that you know, Flux 302 and Beat People and MSX Audio can make uh, uh, sample packs for different products and do sound design for Digitone.
4: So yeah. that's what you guys got to be talking
2: about. Simon,
4: Simon, Simon can feel the gun Simon. under the table pointed at him right
3: now. Send
1: me
4: emails. Yeah, no
3: yeah. doubt. So no. Hi, Simon, I,
0: I think we're gonna need Digitone packs. So you know, just. Hey. That's, that's what we need to be doing, man. Um yeah. I'll get started. But any deal, I want to thank you Simon for coming on the show. It's been yeah, an it enjoyable conversation. Yeah. Um sure. and uh yeah, it, and you know what as a matter of fact, before we go, I want to let people know that on my uh Digitone video and and I did two Digitone videos from NAM. One was just presets or or pattern um demos and the other one was an actual talk with, with Chink and we kind of went into a lot of the, the, the demo sort of aspects of it, but that beat that I kept playing over and over that was so like underground hip-hop was made by Simon on... <laughs> oh. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: stop Simon, you sly fox. That's
3: good.
0: Yeah, so uh, Simon, Simon's got a skill on the production side while he's dreaming up <laughs> these dope machines for us to get our hands into. Well, I mean, like that's,
1: a- yeah, I mean, uh, that's sort of that's the whole goal, you know? Keep make in
4: mind, music. though, that beat was all programmed when the interface was nothing but a Game Boy running Nano Loop. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: much.
1: Almost. No, but I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's the goal, you know? It's just like all of us are musicians, and it's just, you know, we just mm-hmm. want to make something that that's good for making music, you know? So, yeah.
0: Well, I love what you guys are doing, man. Um, like I said, I'm more of—I've always been traditionally an MPC head, and I'm still an MPC head. But I gotta say, i have have fallen in love over the last two years with electron instruments, and I'm—I'm I'm like on a little crusade with the videos mm-hmm. that I make to show you that you can use uh, electron instruments to make really dope music. Yeah, that's cool. And that's just an ankle. That thanks, that thanks for the crusade. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> it. that's a
4: quote. That's a quote.
0: For that. It is a quote. is a quote. So, thanks for coming on the show, Simon. Let's just uh, go around to the to the round table and uh, uh D- Still You got anything you want to shout out before we get out of here?
2: Oh man, we just put out a new pack on Racks for Live called uh, Goodie Bags. It's a it's a Combination of drum samples and compositions that you can get you started, you know, and all royalty free. So go ahead and download that and uh, see us at Rats for live and at msxaudio.com. And
0: yeah, Flux. no doubt, and props on that racks for live, man. I love what y'all
4: doing over there. Oh, man.
0: thank you, man. No doubt. Yeah. Ken, you got anything you want to drop before we go? Uh,
4: yeah, I, I got uh, I gotta catch up on some stuff. I'm doing some stuff with the Strymon Magneto so i need to um, show some of that i've I've been kind of i've been recovering from a house fire so i've been literally redoing my drywall and siding and all that stuff so that between that and sound design work i've been kind of uh pressed for time as far as what i can do press wise but um so I'll, i'll have that stuff out pretty soon i've got some new sound packs that are pretty much ready as well Working on some new presets for the Matrix Brute, which uh, will either be up on Arturia's site or my own, depending on whether or not uh, I decide to go that route. Um, We'll see, Uh, because I can do some things when I'm third party that I can't do if I'm first party. So, uh, because it has some quirks about that synth but anyway uh so yeah i i got a bunch of stuff going on but i'm just excited to keep working and fixing my house <laughs> it's time to, thanks so much for coming on man it was really it, it, was, a yeah, it, was, it was a pleasure it was great so always fun thanks talk. for
1: all the great questions it was, it was a lot of fun no doubt Yeah, sorry yeah, I about my camera not out.
4: working i'll have that fixed next time but we don't want to see your ugly mother yeah. you?
0: <laughs> you have a point you have a point that's why i
4: drink so the we- bourbon. urban
0: <laughs> there you go. So I want to just tell everybody that if you're looking at the screen right now, uh on beatpeople.com I'm gonna be releasing modulex finally. And people like Ken and and still know about this because I have a tendency to, to to have these ideas and design the product and have it done for a couple months before I actually drop it. I don't know if that's lazy or procrastination or what, but anyway, Modulax modbap sample pack is gonna be out here soon. It's gonna be accompanied with an actual uh uh Know beat tape sort of deal digital download. Hey guys, tape. it's good. I've heard the sample pack and I've used it plenty and it's really really good Word so this will be out here soon and uh, this is just a, another brick in the wall of this movement that we're building called Modbap Which is you know modular your rack synthesis uh, Experiments with boom bap hip-hop. So yeah, it'll be out here soon. Hopefully by the next show We'll have it up and running and uh, go to beatpeople.com check us out and like I said, Simon, thanks for coming on the show. And uh hope to talk to you soon, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Cool. Peace. Uh again to the people that attended. Thanks for checking us out. This is Beat Thank People you. Podcast. We are beat people. We don't beat people. All right. Peace. Peace.